to God. Pastor Sharon's going to come minister in a moment. I just want to share some things with you. Uh, I just want you to imagine for a minute Jesus is walking on the earth. He's in the fullness of his ministry. He's in the fullness of his ministry. And uh, everywhere he goes, he's encountering all these people that knew the law of God. They knew the law of Moses. They knew the, the, the laws of the, of the Levites. They knew the law. And everywhere Jesus would go, everything that he taught, all of the life that he lived, they questioned. Can you just imagine and picture with me for a minute Jesus who was eternally the thing the person of the Godhead that brought everything into creation. And he stands in front of these people and they're all questioning him about his legitimacy. Can you imagine that? Can you just imagine to me, with me, as Jesus is going along and he's looking at all of the covenant people that God called and he sees sickness and disease and he sees poverty and he sees them uh, captured by a different kingdom. And he sees all these challenges that his people, that he's called to die for. He sees them all in this place. And uh, all, he can, all he can do is every time he gets challenged, his answer is truth. They might not recognize it. They, they certainly did not. They, in fact, they killed him for it. And, uh, but Jesus came, and I'm, I'm trying to give you a, a, a picture of Jesus knowing all the will of the Father. Spiritually, he was so connected to the Father that in every situation he knew the hearts of men. I mean, Jesus was connected. He knew the will of the Father. And so everything that he knows, that he read in all the books as he was growing up, that he memorized the scripture in his humanity like everybody else did, Jesus has got one singular focus. And that is that while I'm in my ministry on the earth, I must reveal the Father. Single focus. While I'm on the earth, I must reveal the Father. It doesn't matter what anybody questions, doesn't matter what anybody asks, if anybody, everything for him is, I must reveal the Father. And so when you see in the book of John, just before he's about to go to heaven and his disciples are questioning him, they're asking him about the Father, and he says, How long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything he did was to reveal the Father. Now, he's got these disciples that are with him, and the disciples that are with him have got all kinds of issues themselves. Not the least of which is Peter. 
Peter's got some issues. He cuts off people's ears when he shouldn't. One day he walks on the water. Another day he's trying to tell Jesus what to do. I mean, the man's up and down like a yo-yo. But there's no question about it that God's chosen Peter. That he would have a revelation and he would walk in a, in a place of leadership amongst all the other disciples. God chose that. Peter didn't have anything. He was just a fisherman before Jesus showed up. Right? And so Peter is this man. When Jesus dies and Peter is now in his apostolic gift and God uses him quite strongly on the day of Pentecost where the power of the Holy Spirit falls on everybody and he comes and he says, and he begins to speak about this is that which is written in the book of Joel by the prophet Joel that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and my sons and my daughters will prophesy and he talks about how the Holy Spirit will fall on people and he begins to preach to the crowds and as he preaches to the crowds he says, these are not drunk as you suppose but they are filled with the Holy Spirit as he's preaching all of this the power of God is so present that thousands and thousands of people get saved in one moment because Peter's preaching. Peter turns into a man that is steady as a rock because he had revelation of who Jesus really was. And that revelation changed him from being an up and down yo yo to being a man when people brought offerings, impure motives with offerings before him. He, he was able to say, and, and he was led by the Holy Spirit to judge their offerings, and they both drop dead. That Peter is a different Peter to the one who cut someone's ear off because he was willing to die for Jesus, supposedly. Because he betrayed him pretty soon after that. As I said, he had a few issues. Hello? Well, you know... Lord willing, tomorrow I, I will be sharing some things with you. I read with you. I read to you last night from the book of Timothy about the Apostle Paul. And he talked to him, a true son in the faith. And he talked about the, the things that were surrounding Timothy as a son in the faith. And that he had to do some first things first. Amen. Now... Peter, I just want to read to you, and then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Sharon. I just want to read to you this in 1 Peter chapter 4. Um, just want to make sure I have chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 17. From verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. This is Peter. The time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? So, 
I just want you to see that the same Peter is the one who now writes boldly that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. So we can't, we can't shy away from the scripture. We can't only pick and choose some parts of the Bible that are good for us. We have to choose and believe everything that the Bible says. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to Him in doing good as to a faithful creator. So what's the outcome of judgment? A faithful soul that commits himself to doing good as to a faithful creator. That's the result of judgment in the house of the Lord. So when you do suffer according to judgment, what's that judgment? You judge your own walk with God. You judge your participation in the church. I'm wanting to get to the next bit. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion. So now he talks about judgment being in the house of the Lord. Talks about what your next behavior is going to be. Then he addresses the elders that are in the church. So elders is not a term of necessarily old men or elderly men or women. He's talking about those that have maturity as those that are old. There are, more, there are some people that are in their 20s that have more spiritual maturity than people that are in their 60s and 70s because they know God. And you can't say because someone's 70 and they've been a Christian for a long time that suddenly that makes them an elder. When you've got someone who's 20 who totally understands all of the will of God and knows the ways of God and is able to follow the will of God, it doesn't mean to say that someone of 70 now must rule over or oversee that person. Amen. It is clear that young men must honor the older men. Must honor them. But the Bible is also spoke, speaking about people who can be trusted with shepherding. So I, who am a fellow elder or shepherd, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, shepherd the flock of God which is among you as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not because I'm forced to, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. In other words, don't do it for, don't present yourself as a, as a minister of the gospel or as a shepherd of God for the sake of money. Do it because you're called to do it. Do it eagerly. Nor being lords over those entrusted to you. So this scripture is very clear. Any particular shepherd that has a domineering, commanding, driven personality that wants to lord it over you, that's not what God is calling a shepherd. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory. That does not fade away. 
This is a this is a wonderful passage of scripture that's written by Peter to the body of Christ that tells them that judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Shepherds, you can't behave the way you just feel like behaving. You've got to behave according to a shepherd's code of life and being examples to other people. You got it? Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. That's why it's an amazing thing for me that there can be a spirit being that's operating in a 16-year-old body and they can get up here and they can prophesy and speak and declare the will of God. And when that is spoken with truth and authenticity, we, all of us, have got to submit to that word that has been spoken. Hallelujah. So, and be clothed with humility. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Who does he exalt? Those who humbled. Who does he exalt? Those who humble themselves. He doesn't exalt people who want to exalt themselves. He exalts people who humble themselves. Because he resists proud. Because what does pride stand for? Pride stands for people who have their own opinions and want to live by what they will. Yes? So be sober and be vigilant. So, uh, Sorry, I've got to go back to verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Anybody tells me that they're experiencing a problem that... No one else in the church has experienced. The, the Bible t- quite clearly tells you this is not the case. Everything that you experience, someone else has already experienced it. Because it's the same devil who's been around for thousands of years who creates the same problems among humans. Amen. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we have this opportunity and I'm grateful that you all have decided to attend our prayer and fasting weekend because... Uh, there are things that God has preordained for us to walk in before we knew that we should be walking in them. And the only way that we get to fully walk in the things that God has prepared for us is for us to pray and to submit ourselves. And fasting does that. What fasting does is it humbles you. It calms, it, it, it changes you. So that you quiet yourself so that you can hear what God says. And you can follow what God says. And so if the, if, 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 if the Lord wills that I have an opportunity to share with you tomorrow, I will share with you some of the things that the Lord has shown me as a shepherd that is an overseer to you. In the way that I, re- I read Timothy, that the Apostle Paul was talking to, talking to Timothy as a faithful son. I trust that tomorrow there will be an opportunity for me to speak 
and share some things that God has laid on my heart that He's called this ministry, called our people to pursue God in. Hallelujah. And I've got some really, I've got some amazing things to share with you about how God takes things that the devil wants to use to destroy the church and he turns it on its head and he turns it for our certain good. And I've got some good things that I want to share with you tomorrow. But I also want to share with you some things that we've got to use this platform going forward where we can share the word and because, because there's quite a bit of time gone by and we've had COVID and we've had a lot of things and there's, there's a lot of newer people in the, in, the, in the ministry, we're kind of going through this prayer more carefully because at the end of the month we're going to have another weekend like this. Why are you doing this, Pastor John? Because God wants us to make progress. And the way we make progress is not just individually praying, but corporately praying. Hallelujah. And so I'm grateful that, that Pastor Sharon and I walk shoulder to shoulder. I'm grateful that God has given me spiritual people that are in this ministry. People who are wanting and are eager to serve the Lord Jesus. There's many, many of you that are in this ministry like that. You want to serve the Lord Jesus. You desire to follow Him and be His disciples. And because we can do this together, we will achieve and do the things that God has called us to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My wife is typing something furiously on her phone. Just what I'm saying. Come, my darling. My darling, Pastor Sharon. Thank you. All right. I'm drinking water. I've got to go to the bathroom. All right. If you find me a little bit at times uncertain of where to go, it's because I have so much. I have an overflow of decades of praying and prayers and revelations of pray, praying and individual prayers and corporate prayers. And I'm just like, it's like, oh, Lord, about three months every day, maybe I'll get it all out, Lord, and be able to give the full download, you know. But um, the Lord has given a, uh, a guideline. He has given a guideline an outline to me that I am endeavoring to follow. Hallelujah. Let's, let's just pray again, right? Pray for me. Stretch out your hands to me that I'll just move and flow accurately now because it feels like it's a long time that I've got, but it's really so short in terms of eternity and in terms of, you know, the eternal value of, of what God wants this next hour to bring from us, from me and from you, from us, right? Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come pray for me, Pastor Christy. Father, we just come to ask you for all your words, 
for your heart right now, Father. We really celebrate these decades, Lord, of impartation and revelation in this precious vessel that we love so much, Lord, and that we give you all the glory for. Now, Father, here we come and we ask and we seek and we knock, Lord, so that our ears will now hear what is in your heart. The exact flow for us to know your words here, Lord, one after the other, by your orchestrating Holy Spirit in this precious, powerful, anointed, glorious vessel of yours. We say thank you, Lord. Truly, we receive from Pastor John and Sharon shoulder to shoulder. And now, Pastor Sharon, thank you, Lord. As we come to now, just press all of us. Because this is how we can do that with your Holy Spirit. So that we receive everything coming from Pastor Sharon this afternoon. And Lord, we do this with great faith. Because faith, when we pray like this, it's the substance of things, Lord. That we need to hear so that we can make the progress, so that we can become, Lord, so that we can change, so that we can grow, but above all, that we can know. So in the name of Jesus, we all say, Aleble bashando la blabasheto o la cabe, emble bashando colo brabacato, cando chateke si cotoco lu pata, ede blessindo coble bashando cola maca, andole, endolese, endolobraato, endelestola camando cola cabi, plesedo cola bacado, plesedo, plabata cotolaste elekebito cola caba. Ah, prabato cola cabisto, vale crebeto cola camando, kendele, que sende, que lidro cotoga, que sende, que linda cabato coluda, pasato cola cabe, entele brabasto, ola bacato cole cabe, all, 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 all of it, Lord. We call, we call, we call all of it, Lord. All of it, all of it, Father. All of it, all of it, all of it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory. Yes, I will know which way to go and how to flow. And um, it's just my soul that gets overwhelmed. And so that's why I needed your prayers, because my soul gets overwhelmed of how much there is that God wants to give. That I, I in, on inside of me, if you could know what was happening, it's like a, my soul almost gets into a panic that I do it right? Did I give it accurately and properly? Lord, did they get it, you know? And uh, that's just my soul. And uh, it's not getting in the way of anything because I'm at peace. Glory. So today, before we pray, we're going to pray for um, we're going to pray for the things that God has placed in Pastor John's heart 
many, many years ago, things that he's been carrying in his heart. But before we're going to pray for that, I'm going to speak to you again. I'm going to speak to you. Some of you may have never heard it. But Pastor John is a servant of God called into this region, into this geographic region. He's a messenger that God has sent with a message. He's called to be here. And though he, he operates more consistently in a pastoral capacity and as a teacher, he is a sent one. He has an apostolic mantle on him to establish what God wants to establish in this region. So I'm speaking to you as to intelligent, spiritually intelligent beings today. That you will understand what God has planned through the work of an apostle. So, the word apostolos, when Jesus, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says Jesus descended, that, and then when he ascended, he gave gifts to men, to men and women and boys and girls. He gave gifts to bring them to maturity as sons of God, right? First apostles, secondarily prophets, then evangelists and pastors and teachers, Right. So the word apostle, even the Greek people of the day, the Romans understood what the word apostolos was. It described it was a naval term that described an admiral and the fleet of ships that traveled with him and the special crew who accompanied and assisted an admiral. The Lord You know, when he reveals something to you, and it's truth, he revealed to me that that's what the whole New Testament is all about. All of the epistles, from the time the church was born in the book of Acts, God had sent ones going into geographic locations to bring what God and establish what God, so what God wanted to establish there. So every single epistle, every single writing in the New Testament is about that. It's not as if the New Testament gives a born-again believer any other way of life outside of the church and the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. There's nothing that you will find in the New Testament that offers you an alternative life to that. Everything, all of the writings of Paul and Peter and John, all of the writings was about the church on assignment with a spiritual leader. That's why the Lord told us you can't just have a lucky dip in, in the Bible and pull out a verse that you want to quote. You have to see it in context. The Apostle Paul wrote these promises to the church at Corinth. The Apostle Paul wrote this, the Apostle Paul spoke this in this context. And so that when you are 
You are planted and you are one of those on assignment in the church, understanding you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things, understanding that the Lord Jesus is not presiding over anything else in the universe except over building his church. That's all he's presiding over. He's not doing anything else in the universe. He's not working independently with Christians that have nothing to do with the church. Very limited is he in his ability to be able to do anything to them because his pattern is very clear in his word. From the beginning of the New Testament until the Old Testament. From the time when Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. To the, all of the epistles, the church, the church, the church, Ephesians, Thessal, Thessal, Thessalonians, Galatians. You, when you read it like that, with the, your eyes popped open like that. I pray God pops your eyes open to see what Jesus is presiding over. He is only presiding over what he's building in his church. He's not presiding over any of what his children are doing outside of the church for themselves, by themselves, loving the world. It's not possible for him to be doing that. Yes, he will continue to love them and woo them and bring them and bring them and draw them to Jesus. You cannot be drawn to Jesus without being drawn to his church. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to be drawn to Jesus without being drawn to his church. Jesus and his church are one. They're absolutely one. His ecclesia, his church, they one. Hallelujah. And so this is a rising revelation. John, it's a rising revelation. And Jesus wants us to have it. The Holy Spirit wants us to get it. To get it. All of your eternal rewards. All of your eternal rewards are going to come from how you were involved with Jesus in his church where he's placed you, with the leaders he's placed you with, working on assignment with him. All of your eternal rewards. All of your eternal rewards are there. Not because you independently and outside of his church quoted scripture, and maybe you hit it sometimes and you missed it sometimes. Right. The zeal of Jesus for his church is what he's imparting to us at this time. And so the word apostolus, the purpose. So once the region was identified, the admiral along with his specialized apostolic crew, specialized apostolic crew. Pastor John, the revelation is huge in me. That really, there is nothing we can have for eternity if we were not placed divinely by God with a spiritual leader working with the, 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 the task and the assignment that God has given him to do, the download that God has put in him, and then working with those that are coming around him because the Holy Spirit is bringing them. There's nothing else. There really is nothing else. 
Oh, yes, there is something else. There is the people of God in the wilderness that murmur and they complain. And they have every excuse under the sun and everything to say. There is. There is something else. But their carcasses fell and they never entered in to the fullness of what God had for them. He continued to love them. He continued to give them water out a rock and fed them. But their carcasses fell. There is something else. And um, glory to God. So when that fleet pulled up to shore, okay, so the purpose was they would begin transforming. They would work as a team to establish a new community, begin the process of transforming the, the land into a replica of life. I'll put a capital L there as it should be. Within the special fleet of ships were the personnel and cargo required to establish a new culture, a new life. When that fleet pulled up to shore, it contained workers trained to build ministry gifts within believers, construct, teach how to read, write, function in this, in this kingdom, new kingdom. Hallelujah. And the admiral became the team leader for the construction of the new. So the word apostolus is in, as applied to New Testament individuals, refer to God-appointed messengers and ministers who were called to lead believers to spiritual heights and depths of revelation that are unattainable without the apostolic ministry. They are unattainable without the apostolic ministry. doesn't matter how many churches you can think about that you think seem successful. This is God's pattern in his church. This is God's pattern. So, the New Testament apostle is given revelation of truth and deeply spiritual experiences filled with insight. If a group of people or churches is connected to a particular apostle, they have access to spiritual truths they wouldn't have been able to obtain on their own. If you could have obtained all the revelation knowledge all by yourself, for yourself, Jesus would never have given apostles and prophets and, and teachers and pastors and, and shepherds. He would never, and evangelists, would never have had to do it. He would have just said, you can all just receive everything directly from me and... That's it. But Jesus' way is the way of Ecclesia. Setting people into the body. So, in this sense, so they had access to spiritual truths. He was God's personal, an apostle is God's personal representative, a person who had the authority to act in the stead of one who sent him. In much the same way an ambassador represents his government to another government. If you are intelligent spiritually today, if you've got ears to hear, you will understand that it is a responsibility given by God. It is something chosen by someone chosen by God and placed in that person, that gift placed into that vessel for the purposes of God. 
for his kingdom to come at that time in that generation with those people assigned around him to bring it to pass because Jesus is building, building, building his church. And he's in a continuous forward momentum of making progress and moving ahead. God never, ever stands still. And any spiritual leader, any special messenger sent to a place that is calling on God, seeking God, hearing God's voice, he's moving forward all the time. All the time. And there will be people there that will be looking and wondering and doubting and having questioning everything. And then there will be people there that will recognize and see and say, yes, here I go. Here I go. Because I'm understanding the ways of God. I understand that this is me seeking first the kingdom of God and his ways of being right and doing right. And so... When the apostolus spoke, his words were counted as the words of his sender. So he's a spiritual leader. An apostle, the the word apostolus in that time that Jesus used it. He was a spiritual leader whose insights would take the people from one level of glory to another. From one realm to the next. So... An apostle was a person specially selected, specially commissioned, specially sent to represent the Lord. I am reading here from a scholar of note. I am reading here from a Greek expert in Greek and Hebrew who's been studying it. And he's part of our word of faith people. He himself is an apostle who has searched the scriptures And he has written these writings. A person specially selected, commissioned, sent to represent the, the Lord with a mandate. That's absolutely. When God gives Pastor John a mandate, it weighs on him. It weighs on him. And then there are people that God has called into the seats the legitimate legislative assembly has called them to come and take their seat in that assembly and come and wake up and have their eyes open to what their part is around this mandate that's upon him. It's a burden. Yes, it's light, but it's, Ezekiel talks about the burden of the Lord that gets lifted up in prayer. The burden of the Lord that gets lifted up in prayer. And God burdens him with things on his heart. He calls it surges, but the Bible also calls it burdens. That have to be lifted up to the Lord. Things that must be accomplished in his lifetime, in our generation, together, for God. And it's, it's, it's things that have to come to pass. And we've come to a place now, all of us together. I know it's not just Pastor John and I. It's all of the people that are, are spiritual here. We're coming to a place where we're going, Lord, there's 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 another leap. There's another lurch. There's another leap. 
that's going to happen here now. We've got to have a, have a, it's got to, there's got to be spiritual momentum. There's got to be movement here. There's got to be an outpouring here of your spirit in our hearts, Lord. There's got to be a reviving of myself. There's got to be awakening in myself here, Lord. I've got to be more awake than I've been. I've got to be more revived than I have been. I've got to be, have more of an outpouring of you in my heart than I've had before, Lord. I have to have that. For, 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 for your glory and for your kingdom so that I can see and I can know where my part is so that I can rise up around the spiritual leader so that I can be counted because my reward, I know it, I know it, I know it. You need to know it. I know it, I know it, I know it. That every person, even those that were not mentioned in the epistles, that did their part around Apostle Paul, they got the same reward as him. I know it. I know it. How do you know it, Pastor Sharon? By revelation. Exactly. I get the same reward. I get the same reward. Because that's what I was supposed to do. I was born for such a thing as this. To be planted and to be placed by God into the body. To be set The book of Corinthians says he sets you into the body as he sees fit, not as you see fit to go from church to church for your convenience and your preference and your comfort. No, he sets into the church. He knows exactly who's who he's called here to work here for their eternal rewards and Pastor John's eternal rewards to get things accomplished for God. The burden that he brings on Pastor John. Burdens that he brings, that he lays on his heart. You've got to do this, John. John, you have to accomplish this for me, John. John, this and this and this. And yes, it's been things you've carried in your, for your, in your heart for a long time. But I purpose for you to carry them in your heart for so long. So that you could know that when the time came for them to fully come to pass, that I was the one that burdened you with it. I was the one that initiated it in you. Yes. No, you're not too late, Pastor John. No, you're not five minutes late. No, you're not early. You're right on time. And this is God's set time for us to move and make progress even greater. And it doesn't come without prayer. Hallelujah. And so... One of the signs of an apostle is the word hupomino, patience, which depicts a person's supernaturally ability, supernatural ability to hang in there and to stay put no matter what forces try to stop him. People with an apostolic call on their lives because they have a mandate from God to go to a certain geographical location to colonize there with an apostolic crew around him. They have a supernatural ability to hang in there and to stay put no matter what forces try to stop him. Because people with an apostolic call on their lives must do frontline work in environments that are difficult and hostile to the message and revelations of the messenger. Hostile. Hostile. The hostility does not come from the unsaved. The hostility comes from within the church. As Pastor John ministered there, Alexander the coppersmith did me great wrongs. He opposed my message greatly. Now I'm warning you, church, about Alexander the coppersmith. Do not speak to him. 
Do not let him impact you and, in, and influence you in any way. Demas deserted me. These were people that were supposed to be with, with the apostle who were not supposed to desert him. Demas, for love of the world, left me, it says. Demas, for love of the world, left me. Many people have left Pastor John that were supposed to be around him. For love of the world, hostility and offense at the message. Because they were looking for something else to listen to. Because the Bible says in the last days they will not endure sound doctrine. But they will look for things that will scratch their itching ears. They want to hear what they want to hear. Not I must change. I must change. I must repent. I must listen to what the Spirit of God is saying in the church. I must pray. I must have intimacy. I must love the Lord so much that I want to have intimate intimacy with him. I just want to be saved and live my life and leave me alone. And so, it says here, Paul had to, must do frontline, difficult, hostile to the message and revelations of the messenger. Corinth, one of the most wicked cities where God called Paul to establish a church, Paul had to resist the demonic powers of that city, arrayed against him. So, the apostle is uniquely graced to encompass. This is to give us confidence in Jesus that he would drop a gift like this. So we understand, oh, Jesus, you're so beautiful, Jesus. You ascended and you gave gifts. You gave a gift. Wow, how beautiful. This is so that we can appreciate and honor and esteem what Jesus does here in the church. Right? The apostle is uniquely graced to encompass all five ministerial offices as needed in order to establish an ecclesia, establish a church, and develop the ministry gifts within believers. But Pastor John can only develop ministry gifts within believers who come, who, who come planted. Like I said earlier on, you don't, you don't, you're not planted if you just attend church. That's just attendance. You're planted because you're the plant and the word is the seed that you're planting in your heart, that's growing. What word? The word that God is bringing every Sunday. And that is why you're going to find it so powerful tomorrow afternoon to actually see what a lot of people are doing. You're going to be amazed if you're not doing it. How many people, how many disciples are really, really doing it? Really, really taking every Sunday's message, going through it with a fine tooth comb during the week. You'll be amazed. Now, I'm not just talking about the, the my exchanges and the A-team. I'm talking about real disciples. This is meant to encourage you. Real disciples that have really got their, what we call foot in the message, but it's actually the words and the message of God in our hearts. You'll be amazed the level of discipleship that is happening here. And I'm saying this today because Pastor John said, I'm we, Sharon, you and I are going to bring everybody with us now this weekend, whether they're coming 
or not. We're going. We're bringing them. They can come if they want to. They can be this kind of disciple if they want to. As well. Because when God talks in the book of Joel about, I will pour out of my spirit upon my, upon my men servants and my, maid, my men servants and my handmaidens, the, the servants, I will pour on my servants and my, he, he, he is talking about people that are totally sold out to God. You cannot have an excuse that you've got a job that keeps you from being sold out to God. God's given you 24 hours in a day and it's enough for you to become a disciple with, it's enough time. For you to become a disciple. Lots of other things you you do with your time. With your energy. As Pastor John puts it. When it says here. The outpouring of the spirit. The men servants and the men. I just want to read this. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That's Joel. Uh, on my servants and on my handmaidens, Acts 2, 18 to 19. On my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy and they sh- I will show wonders. So there's a distinction made between all flesh and the servants and handmaidens. The servants and handmaidens are people who have committed themselves totally to God. Kenneth Copeland puts it this way. This prophesying in this instance does not mean the ministry of a prophet or the gift of prophecy, although they are included. It is speaking in the spirit, praying and interceding in the spirit, acting in the spirit in obedience to God's word. God said, says, as the servants and handmaidens intercede in the spirit, he will do the signs and the wonders in your life. The signs and the wonders that you need to have happen in your marriage, in your relationships, in your assignment, in your, in your personal relationship with the Lord, in your business. When a person is born again, he does not become a servant of God. He becomes a child of God. For a son to become a servant, he must make a choice. I will serve God. Too many people have accepted Jesus as Savior and never made him Lord. I made this, this, okay, those who have become his servants and handmaidens will experience this great outpouring of the Spirit. He needs those who won't hold back. He needs those who will cut every cord and burn every bridge behind them that ties them to this natural world. God said, but I have a job, Pastor Sharon, I have work to do. He said, you are in the world, but you're not of it. He needs those who will cut every cord and burn every bridge behind them. When he calls on them, no matter how tired they may be, it sounds like Brother Jerry when he came with bag of seeds. You'll come to pray no matter how tired you are. You'll come to church no matter how. You'll come, there's a price to pray. There's a press for the things of the Spirit, for the glory of God in your life, for the glory of God in my life. Hallelujah. In every area. So, so, I'm here now. It's crucial. Okay, so he may, he does the work of an evangelist from time to time that he will operate prophetically, which is the time of the living God and many other prophecies that have come through Pastor John that we have recorded and we have them all on the website for a time the apostle will operate prophetically. 
at some times, and then he will do the work of an evangelist and in a pastoral capacity and as a teacher. He may minister consistently as a pastor or teacher, but it will be with a higher level of authority because he's first. The apostles' pastoral teaching will be at a higher level because it must be. God will ensure that it is because it's got to be there because because first apostles, right? He'll give it to the apostle first. And so um, that authority is God-ordained. It's not something that Pastor John or any true apostle of God takes for themselves. It's given to them by God, and he expects them to flow with him. He expects them to obey him, right? So that authority is God-ordained and demonstrated in the manner in which the apostle establishes, establishes a church, builds up a church, develops the believers, which is why it's crucial for the people in the church to recognize what the Lord is doing in his church. So that he, the Lord, can build according to the will and plan of the Lord for the local church. Right? The hupanima, the ability to stay put while laying a foundation and then building upon it includes establishing divine order, strengthening the saints through the messages, in the, often in the face of potential discouragement or intense opposition. So, so we're going to pray. We're going to pray for some of the things. I think, I think I'm done. Have, have I been preaching all this time? Is, it, is my time up? Have I got 20 minutes, Pastor John? Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor John. This teaching is so important because it's the springboard for our prayers. Because why would you want to pray for Pastor John if you have no clue who he is and what he's supposed to be doing for God? How will your prayers be effective? What backing of faith do you have unless you recognize and understand what Jesus meant that he gave gifts? For to 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 for for us, for us, Hallelujah, glory to God. So, let me just see here what the Lord showed me. We've prayed for the nation and Christ to be formed in us, and. Um, Pastor John, what would you like me, what point would you like me to pray in the light of what I've just said? Should we start to pray for, for assignments and giftings and callings with you and around you? Should we make that a point of prayer right now? Right. Good. Because that comes in Pastor John's prophecy where he said, big and bold, 2020, 2021, 2022, Version 2, and he said, bring the gifts and callings that they'll come forth now. Here it is, collective greatness. It was the key scripture. It's a strategic time for you and me. Together, collective greatness, to hold, join hands, join and strengthen our combined resources, combine our faith, combine our prayers. Get united in our prayers. Begin to press in the spirit 
for the bigger things that God has got for us so that we can have forward momentum as we press, we come together collectively, together in our faith, great together in our agreement, great together in our life of prayer, great together in sound and song, music ministry, and the the boldness and the strength will grow and the big things that God has planned for us. Because whatever he's planned for Pastor John to accomplish for him, he's planned for you. He's planned it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm attached. If I was, if, even if I wasn't his wife, I would have this revelation and I would know I'm attached to the spiritual leader. There's a cord between me and the spiritual leader and my eternal destiny, my purpose of my life is here. The purpose of my life is here. The purpose for my life, the purpose for my birth in the earth is to be in the church around an apostle who's got to accomplish and my gift comes in there and I'm there because my reward is the same as his. Hallelujah. So now we're going to come and we're going to say, Father, thank you for your word. The scripture that Pastor John brought from the Passion Translation, he has generally given each one of us a supernatural grace. This is why he says, this is the Passion Translation here, Ephesians 4, 7 to 18, 11 to 13, he ascends into the heavenly heights, taking his many captured ones with him, and gifts were given to men. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, with grace to be prophets, to be evangelists, with grace to be pastors, and be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. And these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness in the faith. And we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one mature man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed in the abundance of Christ. This is what we're going to pray now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this. We pray it out. As Kenneth Hagin has taught us in his book, Following Your Plans, Following His Plans for Your Life, you pray it out. Where you are at in your life right now, he says in that book, Following God's Plans for Your Life, is what you have prayed out or what you have not prayed out. When you pray things out, you pray them out of your spirit for your future. Jeremiah 31, you pour out praise for the future, for your life. The things concerning your life and then together corporately, we pour out prayers collectively for the future life of this ecclesia. Let's start to pray. I'm bringing my, I'm wanting my gift nurtured here, Father. I'm desiring eternal rewards, Lord. Thank 
kroske de prekepa i shafoselete kaliko rumonto ye shevre prebishka takole kerepte ra safro prepetelisa na note prepesela osh kavalu osh kavalu kulukrugushke te preveselita katepte pra i shalovere besele kira pra reptera shimato presene mi kuravo kashi krami roso tropoto rebeste kaliko brede pakishka labrashka toproso toporo proboshko toprosko rasta davala proboshke we praying for one another that we might all find the purpose and the plan of god the purpose for our birth in the earth father in your church the purpose of our birth in the earth for your church father in your ways father yeshevre in your pattern la bresekro parisanto prepeste de beke la brashka ma part lord we pray for one another for each other's parts father la preshke de breshke for the awakening of that la preshke de bere pravishka ta para soste de bere for the reviving of that in us father la preshke de bere kerishka the law of recognition to come up in us so broshke de bere kita la bakarunde be i shule preveshke de brava tulepe la mandro i pray for myself and i pray for my brothers and my sisters here father la preshke de bika la broshke te prevesi la kata rope ampra mamado kode kere fede shibra bore karado ya kulde krevere kishka rovesele para kodere aya la mando brosko do boro koro bashani ai shule freste prabashka ta pramano ne mereke sindamo ye sabrano sonde if you not sing these things you need to call on the lord wake me up lord i'm expecting an outpouring of your spirit in me to show me these things riba kore brebeske de brapta parapata pore make me alive in these things lord ye pere perista da brava if you got to say to the lord lord ekes mors do it then you better say that to him you cannot make progress without you being honest lere pekishkara vakashko doro preveselita shomanama shomanama nakoteko ravoshke two more minutes resemeniko kole 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 we call for this to come lobroshke reveshke de briva katuke lebreshke we call for this to come in our lives personally and corporately yabarakote yenema kira braboshe rebasatole hayalo hayalo kelekera sudekelalo lalakala lakadakalalo lebreve de bishka rabashkorodo your spirit cries out to god he's going to answer it lebreve sikarabote keresafro breketalo Yinamanako I want the fullness father of what you have for me Lokoroko shebresenete one more minute come come earnest lebrishkara braboshke rebeshke fervent praise lebrekeshi salamakodore I shall lebreshke darako I shall lebreshke tara bravato yenemenika raboshke devereta Oshamanakalo yoshakalavalo proste de mekerado porosodifo ayo presto ayo presto korokotisha na marakote Hai shkolode kerebeketila yashkole peredi yaso Praise Jesus Hallelujah Glory Thank you Pastor Sharon I mean what a what a platform Hallelujah Hannah are you good to come to the front Please come to the front I want to just I just want to show you by living example um what happens around someone who's planted and someone who's called by god <laughs> so i you know i've known i've known hannah and i've known the forgie family the prinsler family for a long time and uh, there was a season when when they were in another church and they wanted to come over to our church to my church and uh, the lord had me say you got to stay in that church because that pastor needs you more than i need you 
right? Mm. Until God actually created a situation where they could come to us. And I praise God for that. Hallelujah. The reason I brought Hannah up here is because as, I, as I've uh, had God give me the timing and the vision for camera equipment, for getting on television, for doing different things, the Lord dropped it in her heart to fund it. And she didn't always know how it was going to happen, but she made a spiritual commitment and said, Yes, Lord. I'll pay for those cameras. She came to me and she said, I'm going to pay for those cameras. And she didn't have the means at the time to pay for those cameras. But as the time came for us to buy cameras, God began to bless her. One day she was sitting in the church in Johannesburg in the service and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and I said, you're going to experience... Can you tell the story? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was ready to do that and then Pastor John released that and he said, you know, what the amount would be, which was a sizable amount that was needed to pay for the cameras. And um, sure, I mean, it was just, that was it. And the money was there and I could pay that. And it was just literally Pastor John because he named two amounts and it was like, you want the smaller or the bigger amount? And he said, no, let's do the bigger amount and get this thing done. And it was over like that, you know. But the blessing came on me to be able to do what the Lord has instructed me to do on that. You know, Pastor John, I mean, because at the moment I'm taking flack. The devil is, a, is a, you know... Um, I'm going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> That's why I called you up. Because the Lord had me prophesy over her and, I, and one time, and I said, within 30 days, God's going to do a miracle in your business. And he did. And he did. In 30 days, within that 30-day period, God did a miracle and yeah. gave you uh, biggest, the biggest deal that you'd ever done, ever, ever. Within it's equivalent to what some other entire years. Yes, equivalent to some entire years that she had done. God did it in 30 days. Now, that's, a, that's a, an indication of someone who God has anointed and called to release gifts, to operate in their gifts so that their gifts can be functional in the church. What's happened as she's been obedient to God, that the devil has come after her health and has come after her in different ways. And so what I, why I called her up here today is because we are going to take this moment to pray for her. And I want you just to stretch out your hands to pray for her. And we declare, as a congregation, collective gifts that come together, that all the healing power of God is released into her body. The great gift of the healer comes upon her right now in the name of Jesus. The gift of healing, the gift of faith, and the gift of miracles functions and flows into her body and brings complete restoration and complete health in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This condition will not be in your body any longer. Amen. Any longer. Amen. Any longer. Amen. <laughs> any longer in the name of Jesus. Any longer in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And whatever other attacks the enemy has brought against you, we stand with you and we declare them to fall flat. And they may not prosper against you because God has anointed you and called you to stand in the gifts that God has raised you up to perform in. And we as a ministry, I as a called one, a sent one, I'm unwilling to do without your gift. 
neither is the Holy One, because He has called you to be with us, and you have responded. Hallelujah. And that response remains, Pastor John. Yes. And um, I'm unwilling not to be, <laughs> not to be called here yes. to this and to yes. you. I know what my place is and what he has given me to do. Yes. And I mean, you know, when you released that word over me in 2018, you said that that was just the beginning. There yes. is much, much more, more coming. So more. there's some projects yes. we've got to do. Yes. <laughs> that is, you know, and yes. my commitment is here. Just know that. I, I know you know that. Know. But, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. That's, I mean, there's a lot of you here that have experienced this interaction with my gift, my calling, and what God has had to say. And I've got to do it in His time. I can't just do it because I, I see some... I've told you this before. Many times I see things. But sometimes people have got to press into God and then God actually says, okay, now it's the time to release it. So I want to say something to these young people that the Spirit of God is using. There's many of these young people here um, in, the, in the My Exchange program. You're not only just sitting here. I know that you're sitting across the auditorium in places. But some of you, God has called to be with us on a more longer-term basis. It might take some time for your, the gifts to flow because God, certainly I'm unwilling and God's not willing to release them into the fiery furnace until they are ready. And when they're ready, then they'll make the decision and they'll be ready to say, I'm standing in the fiery furnace. Whatever it is, I won't compromise what God's called me to do. Hallelujah. And we will, we will care for them, all of us. We will pray for them. We will care for them. We will nurture them. And then we will release them. We will unleash them un on the world. <laughs> we will unleash them on the world. And we will unleash them into the body of Christ that their fire can burn among you. It has already. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. The fathers and the sons together, God has called us to do mighty things in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, there are, there are people that, have, that, uh, that God has called, and then sometimes the attack comes from the enemy because he's trying to stop what you're supposed to do. He's trying to stop you. And if you allow, if you allow yourself to be overwhelmed by it, you know, then uh, I can stand and pray for you, but you still got to make a choice to stand up. You know, you got to be, you got to be uh, unwilling, unwilling to do without the gift and the calling of God. Sid and Pat, please come stand up here if you can do this. Pattinson came to me in the course of events and Pat was doing the accounting finances at that time. She was doing some finances for the, for the ministry at that time. And when I got to know them more, more intimately and more, uh, got to build a relationship with them, I knew that they weren't called to do financial projects in the ministry. They had the calling of, of a missionary and one sent one into 
areas to bring the gospel. And if you know Pat and Sid, they, they, COVID was like the worst thing that could ever happen to them because they couldn't go and do what God had called them to do. But I do want to show you something that God, when they got called to me and to this ministry, the enemy was seeking to destroy their lives, both of them through health complications. Sid had to have a heart operation, and God brought him through it. And you had other complications. But here's the, here's the, here's the thing, that God protected them so that when they had these health operations, these things, they were not in Africa, they were at home because of COVID. What the devil meant for harm, God turned it around again. He said, okay, you want to take their lives? I'm going to put them in the right place at the right time so you can't take their lives. So they're not somewhere in Africa when it happens and then they can't get saved with biomedical profession. And so God has protected them and looked after them because their job's not done yet. Their job's not done yet. They're supposed to do things. Yes, I know they're not young anymore, but God gives them strength. Yes, you're strong. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, Sid is is like when he goes into a village, he's just looking for someone to lay hands on. And he's looking to start preaching. And he wants to look for the next pastor. And so I'm coming to preach in your church. And he says, okay. Then he comes and preaches in the church. And the next minute, everybody's being laid hands on. And they're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. And everything's going. And then he goes to the next village. And they go to the next village. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Their gifts and their callings were not recognized before. But when they came into my life because of what God had placed on me, and I'm only saying this today because Pastor Sharon has laid the platform for me to be able to speak. Hallelujah. Yes, I fetched you. I called you out from the place that you were at and gave your gift. Things that had been in your heart, I didn't know that since you were a young man. In the AGS, the AFM, you were praying in the Holy Ghost and everything, called to ministry, and it didn't happen for 40 years or whatever it is because no one recognized it. Hallelujah. Now it's happening. No. <laughs> and you're going to keep going and keep going until the Lord says, come home. Hey, long time. <laughs> Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. And so if you want to know why the enemy attacks me, it's because the ministry and the anointing that God has called me to does that. It frees people from the past where they were at and brings them to the place where they need to be so their gifts can be realized. Their gifts and their callings can function and flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I am so grateful that I have an apostle that I have as a spiritual leader over my soul, that watches over me, that has a relationship with me, that releases the gifts and callings in me. Because I need to be able to be accountable to an apostle who can release me. Hallelujah. And so that's, that's why we function in Africa. I knew that God had called me to Africa. And isn't it amazing that I was called to Africa even when I was in the corporate world? My job for, for Hewlett-Packard worldwide was to develop Hewlett-Packard's business at that stage in sub-Saharan Africa. So I would travel to all these sub-Saharan African countries from Kenya downwards 
developing business in Zambia and Botswana and Zimbabwe and, and, and uh, Kenya and different places where God, I was already, it's almost as though God said, I'm calling you there and I'm going to let your corporate business show you the way. And wherever you go, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Like Africa could never be rid of me. It's not possible for Africa to be rid of me because Africa's in me and I am in Africa. And Brother Jerry was called to Africa in 1973 and he was just waiting for someone like me to run his office in South Africa so that we could flow together. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. And so it wasn't a coincidence that God called me to Brother Jerry, and we've been together for 25 years, 20, 25, 26 years, something like that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's an amazing thing that when you, you are in the right place with God, and, and these things get released through prayer. Like I said uh, previously, when, when we were really fussing about it, it seemed like we were fussing with the leadership of the church, that we need home cells, we need home cells, we need home cells. Because all, all the other churches were doing home cells. Everybody else that had a big church had, were doing home cells. And the, I just didn't have a release to do home cells. And the Lord said, start prayer connect groups. Start prayer connect groups. Start prayer. And then the Lord spoke to us and said, we must establish prayer. We must organize it. We must establish it so it can increase. And look at all of you that are here today. Because we came together to learn about prayer and to pray. Yes. Hallelujah. And, the more, and, if, and if you tune in, if you can't come here on a Tuesday night and you tune in here and you pray with us, you will see how many people are coming to pray. Let me tell you, there are few churches in the world that on a regular basis since 2008 till now still have a successful corporate prayer meeting going and increasing it. It's, one, it's like Charles Finney. I think it was Charles Finney that said, it's the hardest meeting. It's the most difficult meeting to keep going in the church. Yeah, it's the most important, but it's the most difficult meeting to keep going in the church. Because... Our mindset, our natural mindset says there's no value in this. But our spirit man is calling to it because our gifts and callings are supposed to function. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to use the Dutoy family here for a minute. You know, Zelda and Loki, they made a decision to start coming to this church 11 years ago now, Loki. So they farm on Morgenson, you know, out there, 100, 100 kilometers, 120 kilometers away from here. They decided 11 years ago to start coming through every Sunday. Well, I think so. Every Sunday. They, they traveled 120 k's here, 120 k's back. Every Sunday to come to church. They've been doing it for 11 years. At the time... Uh, Tishri was nine. I remember doing a, a thing where I asked her what her life calling was and she was going to be a, a Buddha fro. 
She was going to be a boor, ne? She was going to be a near boor friend. No, she was going to be the boor. We got to know her now. She's a boor. <laughs> she's booring here. But they weren't to know that their decision, their decision would bring Tishri to us and save them from many things that the enemy would bring into their lives. But it would bring Tishri to us and Tishri's words to me like, I'm here and I'm never leaving. Right? And all of their sons are serving God, worshipping God. They understand plantedness. They understand that their lives are in God. Because mom and dad made a decision 11 years ago that we'll come through every Sunday. So they are perfectly positioned to let all of their children rise to the gift that God has called them to. And not just be released into the world system like everybody else gets released into the world system. Maybe you'll make it, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll be one of those lucky ones or maybe you won't be. Maybe you'll have a network or maybe you won't. That's not the way God operates. God's called you before you were born. He's assigned you and destined you to a people and to a place so that you can be released into the greatness that God has for you. And if you're not there yet, don't quit now. Don't quit now. God's got the place for you. Doesn't matter what age you are, young or old, don't quit now. You've got to keep going because God will restore it. That's why he's had me call these prayer meetings and these weekends. Because God's restoring everybody that wants to be restored. Now, into their gifts. He's releasing. This is a platform. This is a springboard to be released into the things that God's got for you. You've got to come and grab it by faith. And this is the first weekend. I'm telling you, next, the second weekend that we're going to have, be ready. Release your faith. Be ready. Because God's doing something here. Hallelujah. And I encourage you, I, I encourage you to do this. That the, the morning moments, if you didn't listen to the morning moments that Pastor Sharon did on prayer, if you did, keep listening to them. If you didn't, do it. And then I, I encourage you to watch these meetings. We'll put them on, the, on YouTube. Watch these meetings and participate spiritually in what God has done in these meetings. Pray with us again when you're sitting in your lounge, pray the two minutes, the two minutes, the two minutes, the five minutes, whatever. Pray and start to begin to practice. So when you come back two weeks from now, we jump to the next level. And we can go more quicker. We can move quicker. We can release more things. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. If you give yourself to God, I promise you God will take care of your stuff. I promise you. He will take care of your relationships and He'll take care of your stuff. If you think that you are the one that's going to resolve everything in your life, you, you take it out of God's hand and say, say, I'm the guy that will do it. I'll fix it. Hallelujah. Mothers, you've got to release your children into the hands of God. That doesn't mean you give up your responsibility, but you've got to release them. Fathers, you've got to release your sons into the hands of God. Again, doesn't mean you give up your responsibility, but you've got to give them to God. Children, you've got to say, I want God. 
I'll be, I'll be David and go and slay a slayer, Goliath. <laughs> Glory to God. It starts with feeding some sheep, you know. You know? And that's where you learn to tackle lions and bears. And then when the, the Goliaths come, then you can handle it. And that's what we're doing with these young people here. We're, gonna, we're teaching them to handle li lions and bears. Because they called for Goliaths. Hallelujah. Right. Glory to Jesus. Won't you all stand, please? Pastor Sharon, is there something else you want to say? <clears throat> Tomorrow morning, I believe God is going to flow with an anointing. Hallelujah. The word is going to come forth with power. And declarations are going to be made and releases are going to be made in the spirit because we have established a platform today for a, a wonderful thing that God can speak tomorrow. Hallelujah. I pray that as you sleep tonight, that the Word of God will rest in your spirit and your soul. I pray that the peace of God rests upon you, that the, that the Word of God energizes you, strengthens you, and grows you, even overnight. And I pray that when you come back and you listen to the message tomorrow and you come participate and bring your gifts and bring your energy, I pray that you will be elevated to a new level in Him. That you will be rise, you will rise as sons of God. Rise as sons of God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You are protected in all your doings and goings. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Thanks for coming.